0: Well, I forgot to turn my mic on. I can't remember doing that ever. But I'm excited about the message tonight, so that has something to uh, probably do with it. There's a um, little, um felt all day that today would be different, and uh, was excited to kind of figure out what that different was for, but I didn't really know, and um, so anyway, just feel like it's uh, a different day. And a different evening, going to be a good message. And it's actually really exciting, although I'm sounding very monotone. So that's all right. Um, There is some stuff to go through um, and some scriptures. And I want you to, if you have any questions, just keep them. We We may actually go through and answer all of those questions as I'm going through and teaching in the beginning. But what I believe is going to happen is we're talking tonight about the Holy Spirit, and how important He is, and what He wants to do in our lives, um, and He is a He. That is that is true. He's actually defined uh, in the Word, and uh, the Holy Spirit. There's some people that um, some people that aren't sure of that He's not an it. The Word definitely defines Him as a He, as a male. Um, same way with God, uh, the Father and the Son. And that's interesting because God does everything on purpose. And so it's, uh, we want to make sure. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Anybody ever had any questions about the Holy Spirit? Well, y'all don't jump all at once. <laughs> I have. I've had lots of them. So, um, and you may have some. And I just, I want to get back into the relationship class, but just I could not get settled on that today. And um, I can just feel the Holy Spirit moving. And I think that's what I was experiencing all day was the fact that he wanted to move in here tonight. And um, a lot of times I think people try to put on uh, emotion as a move of the Holy Spirit. And matter of fact, I don't think they do. I know they do. And, um, you know, you don't have to be weird. To be in the Holy Spirit and have the Holy Spirit move on you, it doesn't have to be weird at all um, now you do I have to understand about the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is operating last week. We talked about the reality check and we talked about the physical and, f- and fleshly reality versus spiritual reality. Well which one would you expect that the Holy Spirit operates in a fleshly reality or a spiritual reality, a spiritual reality? And what he wants to bring to you is what's normal to God. And what's normal to God is not normal in the flesh and in the physical. Okay? So, in other words, you don't have to be weird to be moving in the spirit, but moving in the spirit is not going to be normal to a fleshly reality. And it's good to understand that. Because if you don't understand that, then you're going to be like, well, anything that's outside of my brain is not going to be right. And you're wrong. Um, you know, It's going to be different. It's going to be outside of your thinking almost assuredly because I would say there's not one of us in here that knows everything there is to know about God. Uh, and so if we don't know everything there is to know about God and where he's going and what he's doing, then there's going to be something that he wants to do that we're not aware of, okay? And so if we're not aware of it, then it's going to look strange to us. It's going to be different. Well, the Holy Spirit's going to move in that realm a lot, and so you have to get used to the fact that the Holy Spirit is going to ask you to do things that you are uncomfortable with in the flesh. Now, in the Spirit, you might be ready to go, but we've been talking a whole lot about spiritual realities, And we've been talking about a connection with God and being linked up with God. And, um, you know, we have, how do we think we're going to move in the spiritual reality versus the fleshly reality if it's not through the Holy Spirit? So we talked last week about a spiritual reality, how many people want that, you know, to live in the spiritual realities. Man, I do. Well, do you think you're going to be able to live in it? Without the Holy Spirit? Nah. <laughs> nah. He's He's what empowers you. So we really need to know about Him. We need to be filled with Him. And we need to move in Him. And uh, do you think that you are going, God is a spirit. And so we connect with Him, the Father, in a spiritual reality. And this is what Jim was talking about, what Reset's talking about, is connecting with God. God is a spirit. Those that worship Him must worship him in spirit and truth, or those that interact with him, must interact with him in spirit and in truth. Now, it, what's interesting is, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So we've got to interact with God through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, okay? So this, is, this Jesus opens up the path and the way, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to move and operate in a spiritual reality. So we don't just need Jesus alone. We need both. And what's interesting is. In um, John. I think it's 15. It's 14 or 15. Chapter 14 or chapter 15. He says I'm the way the truth and life. And then he goes on to say. That the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Alright. So in other words. Uh, in Let me rephrase that. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all of. Jesus because he's the truth yep. so are you going to actually move into all that Jesus has to offer without the Holy Spirit's influence right. no nope. and so the devil knows all of this stuff he's very aware of scripture and so he does everything to fight the Holy Spirit because if he can fight the Holy Spirit he can fight you moving in everything that Jesus has to offer and another way to uh, look at this, we're going to look at it some, is Jesus um, uh, Jesus is the key, all right? And the Holy Spirit is the power to unlock the door and step through it, okay? So a lot of times Jesus has opened up the way to the Holy Spirit, but then he said, you need me to go away so that the Holy Spirit can come, all right? So a lot of times people are like, because I a lot of... Times I've heard religious arguments that say, well, isn't Jesus enough for you, right? Well, if Jesus himself doesn't think that he's enough for me, in other words, in order to have all of what he has to offer, he needed to go away and send the Holy Spirit, then I have to agree with Jesus over your argument, okay? So let's turn real quick here to uh, John chapter 7 and verse 37. I kind of just threw a whole bunch of stuff at you there at first, and I hope you followed along. So here's this. Jesus says this. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. We know that he is living water. And he, he who believes on me, as Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers Of living water. Okay. Will flow rivers. Of living water. But this he spoke. Verse 39. But this he spoke of the spirit. Or of the Holy Spirit. Whom those who believed in him. Were to receive. For the spirit was not yet given. Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Okay. So the Holy Spirit wasn't given yet. And what he was talking about is out of your Uh, I know in the King James, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So, let's look here at John chapter 14. And John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way and the truth, And the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And then we're going to go on down. And he says in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. Man, I really believe the Lord just showed me something that he's going to do. You see, he's not he's not having me he's got me very uh somber tonight. In other words, it's not going to be emotion that you see the power of God flow out of tonight. You're going to see the power of God without any emotion. All right? It doesn't mean that emotion is bad. It's just there's been so many times where people have amped up and hyped up emotion. And then they people go away, and they don't know if it was emotion that I felt or if it was really God. What you're going to feel and sense and, and receive from tonight is really God, and it's not coming from me hyping something up. It's just truth. It's just the power of God and how really He wants to be. Is he, anybody feeling him already move in you? Yeah, me too. All right, praise God. So he's already moving, and we're not really trying to amp up anything all right that's right so he says truly truly I say to you he who believes in me the works that I do he will do also also and greater works than these will he he will do because I go to the father so what he's showing you is when I go away you're going to do greater works okay and the reason why he's going to do greater works, he tells us later on, is because he sends the Holy Spirit. So what I want to do is just paint a picture of, you know, is the Holy Spirit something good? Now we can all answer yes, but let's take a look at some things that Jesus said that points that out. He says in verse 16, John fourteen sixteen, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. So, the Holy Spirit is our helper. How many people have ever needed help? <laughs> and you remember I asked uh, on Sunday, I said, if you need to answer a question, where do you go? And everybody said, Google, right? But it's because our reality is flesh-based. But if we're living in a spiritual reality, we would understand that we got a helper that's better than Google, right? <laughs> and, and we can go to Google. And we can, we can, and that's fine. And we can also go to God and he will show us what we need even better than Google can. And if we will amp up, the reason why a lot of times we don't go to God and we don't allow him to be our helper is, one, we don't know the reality that he is our helper. Number two, our relationship is not where it needs to be through the Holy Spirit. So we don't feel like it's that real and that powerful, okay? So, But he says, this is a promise. He's a helper. Now when he calls him the helper, it's a capital H there. When he calls him the helper, he's not just telling you his name. He's showing you a character and a nature of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's nature is not to beat you up. The Holy Spirit's nature is to help you. To lift you up. To empower you. This is who he is. He says he'll give you another helper, verse 17. That is the Spirit of truth. So we see that when the Holy Spirit brings something, it's truth. Whom the world cannot receive, all right? So in order for uh, somebody to receive the Holy Spirit, it can't be without Jesus. It can't be the world. It can't be, you know, non-believers. He said, because it does not see him or know him. Here's where he's called to him. But you know him because he abides with you and will, will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. Okay. So what he's saying is, you're going to see me and experience me through the Holy Spirit. Now look, he's saying, you're not going to see me with your eyes. But you're going to see me. For a little while, you won't see me. In other words, you're not going to experience Jesus in a fleshly reality. You're going to experience him in a spiritual reality. See how oh, this teaching from the last couple of weeks is all flowing together. All right, And then we uh, keep on going down in chapter 14. Verse, uh, let's, let's just start at verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. Verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So he's a helper. He's a comforter. He's a teacher. He brings things to your remembrance in that moment that you need them. When you need a scripture that will get you out of the jam, he brings that scripture. That's the Holy Spirit. And what we're getting at is, do you need the Holy Spirit? Do you need him the way that God told us to have him? Because you can say, oh yeah, I need the Holy Spirit, but then have some world's warped way of the Holy Spirit and you might not be experiencing the fullness of him. We need the Holy Spirit, but we need him the way that God has given him to us. Okay? All right, let's go into chapter 15. And let's go on down to verse 26. Verse 26 says, When the Helper, so we're talking about the Holy Spirit, comes. When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father. That is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify about me. Have have you ever wondered is this god or is this not god? Is this god really telling me is this right? Have you ever wondered I don't know if this is me or the world or what it is. Well see he's he is the spirit of truth that's able to divide what you think might be god and what is actually god. So in order another you know attribute to the holy spirit is His ability to help you see the truth, to divide it up and show, hey, that's really God. Nope, that's not. And it all comes back to our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And are we operating in Him? So when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify about me. Now over in Revelation, it says that uh, we overcome. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of His testimony. testimony. And we love not our life until the death. So in other words, what the Holy Spirit will do is He will take you, help take you to a place of overcoming because He will bring testimony about the truth of who Jesus really is. And so when He brings that and we stand on that, no matter what comes our way, we overcome the devil. So again, the Holy Spirit is a key ingredient in that. He's a key player in your being an overcomer, and you're being comforted, you're being taught, you're being at peace, you're being at strength. He's a key player. And then he says, and you will testify because you have been with me from the beginning. And then let's go into John chapter 16. And I'm just going to read through these verses, and verse starting in verse 4. But these things I have spoken to you so that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to be with him who sent me. And none of you asked me where you're going. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. Now, this is a good promise for us as well. In other words, Jesus might not be sitting on the seat next to you, but He says, just like He said to His disciples here, that it's at your advantage that I'm not sitting on the seat with you because I'm sending you something that's better. In other words, I'm sending you something that's better than me sitting there. Now, how important, let let me just ask you this. Y'all remember the story about blind Bartimaeus? How important was it that Jesus was right there with blind Bartimaeus? His world changed because Jesus was with him, right? right? And yet we have this promise from Jesus saying, basically, it's better that I go away because I'm sending you something better. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit. Now it was awesome that Jesus was there with blind Bartimaeus, but what he's saying is, by me sending you the Holy Spirit, you're in even better shape than that. And if we see the power of God, even resurrection power coming through Jesus when he was there, but Jesus himself is saying something better is in the Holy Spirit, we ought to be getting some revelation out of that. Man, what is the reality that Jesus would have us living in when we walk with the Holy Spirit? Seven, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they don't believe in me concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged a lot of people will preach that talking about the Holy Spirit he's going to tell you about judgment what he's saying here about judgment is because the ruler of this world's already been judged. You don't have to receive judgment because the penalty has already been taken on Christ and the one who was wrong has been put in his place. That's what the Holy Spirit brings about. He brings about a freedom and telling you that all this stuff is wrapped up and already done. It's finished in Christ. And he says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. And again, I'll ask, can you go into all truth, and if Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, can you go into everything that Jesus is without the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit is the one taking you into all truth? You've got to have them. In other words, without the Holy Spirit being in your life the way that God has deemed Him to be in your life, you're missing out. You're not going to get into all truth. All right. And He will not speak of His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will disclose to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit here, He will glorify me. And he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. He will take who I am. He will take my nature, my character. And he will make it known to you. He will open it up to you. He will reveal it to you. He will show you how to live life in abundance. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it you. now, I want you to see just what he said right in that moment. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. Watch this. All things that the Father has what what does the Father have? He's got the whole world in his hands and the universe and everything else. Maybe that song was a little limiting. But he's got everything in his hands. All of it. Is his. Now look what Jesus said. All things. So is he talking about just a portion of the kingdom? All things that the Father has are mine. So Jesus says everything the Father has is mine. And then he says, now let me tell you what I was saying when I said that the Holy Spirit would disclose it to you. Therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. You realize what he's saying? The Holy Spirit will reveal to you everything, everything, all things that the Father has. You remember we are talking about spiritual realities last week and I told you that if we could actually see with our eyes into the spiritual reality, we wouldn't believe how full and how much stuff is there. It goes beyond what we ask or think because in the spiritual reality, through the Holy Spirit, you have everything. You, as a child, have everything that the Father has. That's the spiritual reality. Why in the world are we fumbling around in a fleshly reality? Good Lord. Why? Because we've been taught that that's normal and that's right. And yet it's all supposed to move through the Holy Spirit. A little while, verse 16, a little while and you will no longer see me. And again a little while and you will see me. And he goes on and he talks about that. And then he talks about overcoming the world. So, now, here's the question. What does the Holy Spirit bring us? He's our helper. Truth. He discloses everything the Father has. He reveals it. He brings it to us. He's our comforter. Let's go uh, quickly over into Acts chapter 1. Let's look at a couple more things. And let's look at verse uh, 4. And he says... Gathering them together he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait for what the father had promised which he said you have heard from me for John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now so this is the very he's about to ascend into heaven these are the last words he spoke while he was on earth wait in Jerusalem because the promise is about to come and that promise is you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, so when they had come together, they were saying, is it this time you're restoring the kingdom of Israel? Verse 7, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs or the eras um, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. Verse 8, but you will receive power. So there's another thing that the Holy Spirit brings. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will receive power, okay? And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. And so it goes on, and I'll, I'll just give you a paraphrase. You can study this out. It's all over the book of Acts. Another thing the Holy Spirit brings you is boldness. So what are the things that we just covered so far very quickly? The Holy Spirit is your helper. It's his character, it's his nature. It's not to beat you up, but to help you, to lift you up. He brings truth. He discloses everything Jesus and the Father has. He brings it to you. He, he, he opens up everything that Jesus is in your life. He brings power. He brings boldness. Is there anything I'm forgetting off the top of my head? Huh? He's our teacher, our comforter. He will reveal to us things to come. Even In other words, He'll prophesy and show us things. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had Him show me something that was going on or something that I needed to do so that I would be in the right place at the right time or help somebody else get there. Is He somebody that's pretty cool to have on your side? I mean, would you like To get to know the Holy Spirit the way that God talks about. But here's the thing. It's what I said earlier. You don't just interact with the Holy Spirit based off of your own understanding. God has established that he would interact with people in a certain way. And in order for us to move into a spiritual reality and to receive all of those things, then we need to move with the Holy Spirit the same way that God has established he said out of our bellies through the holy spirit will flow rivers of living water rivers so let's look at a couple of things how is this way let's go to uh, john 20 and verse 22 anybody received anything out of this yet? All right, good okay, so uh, this is the place where Jesus has um, he has arisen he's been resurrected from the grave. If you go back to verse seventeen, he's out of the grave and he tells uh, Mary, he says, "Stop clinging to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father, uh, so he had just come out of the grave and he says, Go and tell him I'm going to come." And then he appears to his disciples in verse twenty-one, and he says, uh, and right after this, we're going to read this in just a second. But right after this is where he and Thomas are there, and he says, "Hey, look through my hand, touch my side, touch my hand. You know, I'm I'm resurrected bodily. It's not just a spiritual resurrection only. My body came back to life. Now this is important because that means that you have a right to receive." physically from the Lord because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? In other words, if he was going to empower the body, the flesh side of Jesus to have life, then he will empower your body to have, the flesh side of your body to have life and be healed as well. So that's a very important thing. And then he says, um, and, and I wanted to point this out. You remember when I said Jesus said it's better if I go away? Now what was he trying to do in that moment? Because here's what they were doing. They were clinging to what they had in the flesh. Come here. So they were clinging. They're like, look, here's my friend Jesus. Here's my, he's my buddy. He's my pal. My friend Jesus. I don't want him to go away. And if and he's like, go away, and they're like, all sad. Why were they sad? They were living by what they could see. They were living in the flesh. And God was saying, basically, I'm going to teach you how to move from a fleshly physical reality into a spiritual reality. This has everything to do with the Holy Spirit operating and moving in your life. And it has to do with how we are called to live. We're redeemed back to the garden where they moved in a spiritual reality, not a physical reality. So that one of the biggest things for Jesus going away was them having now to apply their faith on things they can't see. Moving in the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. Thank you. So it, it was helping them to move into the reality that they were designed to operate in. Alright, so then he says here, so he appears to his disciples, that was just a little side point I meant to tell you, so here he, he uh, appears to his disciples, and in verse 21 he says, So Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now that's very interesting. That's mimicking what he said in John 17 when he prayed, and he said, You are sent the same way that I was sent. And so, in other words, the, the mission that I was given, the empowerment and authority that I was given, I'm now sending you the same way that Jesus sent me. So you ought to see yourself as a believer saying, if I'm a believer, I'm sent like Jesus, I'm empowered like him, I'm given the resources that he had, and that all is very biblically true and accurate. Anytime the devil tries to tell you, well, you ain't Jesus, who do you think you are? Jesus um, well, I'm his little brother, and if God loves him, he loves me, right? And I'm sent. The, he told me I'm sent the same way, so get behind me, devil, right? So, because he'll try to talk you out of it, you know. Somebody on Facebook said the other day, acting like Jesus, I'm like, hey, praise God, that's a testimony. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so, and then he said, when he had said this, peace, I'm sending you, he said, and when he had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. So, he says, "Ah, Receive the Holy Spirit. And I was just thinking about this this afternoon, and I'm like, Man, could you see the headlines? Jesus went around to all his disciples going, "Ah, Right? And breathed on them. Could you imagine how that would go on Facebook in this day and age? Yeah. Preacher breathes on all his people. <laughs> but this is exactly what Jesus did. Again, this goes back to the things in the spirit yeah. are going to look weird to your flesh sometimes. Yeah. Well, not sometimes. All the time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Right. It doesn't mean that it's weird. Yeah. It may seem weird to your logic, to your mind. But it's not weird in the spirit. Not always. But you don't have to be weird just to, to make it seem like you're in the spirit either. So, but here's the interesting thing. Now, this is before Acts. This is before he ascended. So you got in Acts where we'll go over and read in a little bit where the Holy Spirit came and filled the place and they all began to speak in tongues and what it said is they were baptized with the Spirit and yet right here he says, "Receive the Holy Spirit. So, what was going on? Did they receive the Spirit here or did they receive the Spirit in Acts? Both. It's two separate instances. If you go over, we don't have to go over there, but you definitely can mark this down to Ephesians 5.18. Paul commands us and says, Be being filled with the Spirit. All right. Now, it says, Be filled with the Spirit, but the verb tense there is a continuous filling. So, in other words, what he's saying is, and if you've ever been baptized with the Holy Spirit, my question would be, When's the last time you got filled up? Because you should be being filled, constantly filled up, constantly baptized in the Spirit, right? Now, did Jesus have his glorified body right here? Because he said he was going to give the Spirit about when he didn't have his glorified body yet. I would say, and I haven't gone and studied this completely out yet, but I would say, no, he didn't yet. This is before he ascended to take his glorified place. He had ascended to the Father, but he came back down. He hadn't taken his place yet. But this right here is where they were born again. This is where they actually got born again and received the Holy Spirit as a seal to their spirit. And watch this. They were recreated. When they're born again, they're recreated, right? Well, what happened when they were created in the first place? What would the Father do to create them? Do, 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 do. He breathed on them. So, what Jesus was saying is, all right, you were created in the beginning, but right now I'm recreating you, and now you receive the Holy Spirit as a seal of your regeneration, your recreation in the Spirit. In the Spirit realities, you just received regeneration. OK, so in other words, he just empowered them to live in which reality? The spirit, because they're a new creation in the spirit now. Now they became at that moment children of God. But here's the thing. It's kind of like this. If you were in a hot desert and you were very, very thirsty and it was very, very dry and somebody came along and they just gave you a, a, a drop of water, would that be refreshing? Well, it would. It would be refreshing, but it wouldn't quench everything that you had. But could you imagine you hadn't had anything to drink for days and then all of a sudden, because you're going through this life in this world with no real life in you, all of a sudden, this is awesome. See, I don't want this to be downplayed either. But basically what you're looking at is you're looking at a a living water that you're drinking that replenishes life inside of you when you were dry and dead in the desert of this world without God. And it's awesome. And it's a seal. And as soon as you drink it, you have life. But is that different from finding a, a, a pond in the middle of the desert and going under and swimming in it and being covered with water and drinking all that you can drink. Is it different? Absolutely. Because one cup is nice and it's awesome and it kept me alive and it kept me going. But I need to drink all that I can because Jesus didn't just come to give me a portion of the Father and the Holy Spirit didn't just come to give me a portion of Jesus came to disclose it all and that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that's what we need to walk in is why Paul commanded us to be filled Now, what's interesting is right here in John the verb tense is receive the Holy Spirit as a one-time right now and it's done thing not an ongoing so in other words this verb is different From over in Ephesians. Where he said. Continuously be. This is a one event. And then the baptism is the beginning. Of a continuous event. You've got the receiving of the Holy Spirit. For salvation. And then you've got the continual. uh, Baptism in the Holy Spirit. After the Jesus went up. Received his glorified body. And the Holy Spirit was sent. And now out of your belly. Out of your innermost being. Can flow rivers of living water that will constantly not just sustain you but will sustain people around you because the Holy Spirit you are experiencing Him in a in a full submersion into who He is. Does that make sense? Alright, good. Alright, and let's go over to uh, Acts chapter 2. This is the first time that they are baptized in the Spirit. Verse 1, Acts 2, 1, And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them, now here's what they were doing up till this point. They were in Jerusalem. They were waiting on the promise. Here they were in the upper room. They came together as one body with one heart and one mind in accord in in the Lord. And all of a sudden, in the middle of their fellowship, here comes the Holy Spirit. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. Now, right here, you can see in verse 4, it says they were filled. Okay? Okay? Now, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said you would be baptized, all right? So this is an equal thing. In other words, being filled with the Spirit or being baptized with the Spirit its both talking about that same experience over in uh, Ephesians 5.18, be being filled with the Spirit. But this is what Jesus was talking about when he also called it this, be baptized, be fully submerged. Imagine the Holy Spirit when you get baptized, you go under the water and you're fully submerged, that that water is touching every area of your body. Well, it's the same thing in, in spiritual terms. The Holy Spirit is touching every area of who you are. And, and, and here's the question, you know, what part of you do you not want touched by the Holy Spirit when you realize how good and awesome He is? I want Him to touch everything and keep me there, right? <laughs> All right, so... They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. And then there were Jews. They go out there, and each one of them uh, heard. uh, They each heard in their own language, and they were saying about the wonderful works of God. So in other words, the first thing... Now, see, a lot of people will say the baptism of the Spirit is to empower you and empower you to have a great life. And that is true, but it's also important to see what is the absolute first thing that happened when the Holy Spirit came and fell on them was they began speaking about the wonderful works of God. They, became, they began being a bold witness empowered to Minister to people and tell them how great God is. and that lines up with what was in Acts chapter one where it said, it said, this time when you're baptized, that you will be my witnesses. This is what it comes. Remember their thoughts were, when are you going to make is this going to be the time when you bring our kingdom back together and make it awesome? And they, so their thoughts were focused on them and he said, Stop thinking about that. It's at this time that you will be empowered, basically, to be my witnesses. So Jesus said that, and the very first thing that actually comes out of this power is to be his witnesses. Let me show you this. You want to move in more and more of the power of God? Then you recognize and you put it to work in your life, empowering yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to empower you to be the witness that God's called you to be about His goodness and His greatness. You try to always put it together in your life and use the power of God to bring about your gain. You're doing things out of line. And what will happen is you're... You'll feel like, you know, man, I'm just missing something. Something's not right. Something's off key. And it is because the first priority of the Holy Spirit is to bring about a powerful witness, a bold witness about Jesus. Amen? In this world. That's that's not just living a witness, living in a good witness. That's actually getting out there and, and interacting with people in the power of the Holy Spirit. All right. He says in verse 11, we hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Then he gets up there and preacher, uh Peter preaching by the fullness of the Holy Spirit for the first time gets up there and preaches, the house down and 3,000 people uh repent and are baptized uh in the name of Jesus Christ. And it says in verse 38, Peter said to them, repeat Repent, repeat, repent and repeat, that's good. Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they were added in verse 41, uh, 3,000 souls. Now, let's turn to chapter 10, Acts 10 and around verse 44. So here again we see that Peter is preaching. And it's interesting because as Peter, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. And they were hearing them speak with tongues and exalting God then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who just received the Holy Spirit just as he, we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so here again we see that they were believers, and then all of a sudden while he was speaking these words, not only are they believers, but they get filled with the Spirit. These are Gentiles that are right here in this moment. But they're not baptized in water yet. That's getting ready to happen. Okay? So a lot of times people will say that you've got to be baptized to be filled with the Spirit or be baptized in it. Well, there's a biblical example where that didn't happen. It actually happened right after they became believers, basically. They believed and got filled with the Spirit right there. Then there's a lot of people that would say, well, that can't happen because they got to get holy before they, they get all... Well, these people just got born again. They hadn't even put everything back yet. Now, they were clean in the Lord, but that was because of the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, every believer has that. In other words, they hadn't had a chance, really, to go back and say oh, well, I need to fix this and fix this and fix that and change this habit in my life and this habit in my life, okay? So now let's go also uh, to Acts chapter 19. Now, one thing that's important here is We see two things in in this. First of all, we see that there are two distinct things that happen. Being baptized with the Holy Spirit is not just receiving the Holy Spirit in salvation. We see that, okay? Um, And so it says, it happened while Apollos was at Corinth. Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, no, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So in other words, they had been, they had been uh, believers for quite some time. In other words, we know that they received the Holy Spirit as a seal when they believed. But now here's a second instance, and Paul is asking them, all right, you've, you've become believers, but have you experienced this? In other words, that was event one, now is event two. All right, And Paul was saying, this is very important. This is something you need to have. As a believer, you need this. And he said, into, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him. That is Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So in other words, he was saying, hey, They were baptized with with that repentance. Then Paul laid his hands on, on them, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. So now watch at the ways that people have been baptized now. They were sitting there, and nothing happened, just the Holy Spirit came on them in the upper room. Now that was first place. Nobody laid a hand on them except for God. Now, that could be said that was the entrance of the Holy Spirit's filling into the world, And it was just for those people in the upper room, and then from there on they lay hands on them. But Peter, the report that we just read, said that Peter was preaching when they got filled up. Nobody laid hands on them, because some people will say you can't be filled with the Spirit without somebody laying hands on you. But yet we have testimony in the Word that shows both. Okay? It can happen either way. You have some that say you can't do it without baptism, and then you've got some right here that, And, you know, in the other one, they weren't even baptized yet. And yet they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But you do see here that he says he laid hands on them. So the Lord will lead you in different ways. I could tell you at the end of tonight, you want to be filled with the Spirit, just ask the Lord sitting right there in your seat. Or the Holy Spirit could move me and say, lay hands on people, you know. It doesn't really matter. What matters is, did you get filled? And did you keep getting filled? You know, are you? Because that's what's important. So I love that you see it happening in multiple ways, but you also see here that it is two separate events. You know, the receiving of the Holy Spirit when you're born again, but then the filling of the Holy Spirit when they're baptized in, in the Holy Spirit. So now what's also interesting is this um, let's why do I want to be filled with the spirit well number 1 have you ever desired uh, let me let me give you this testimony um when I started to learn how to walk in the Spirit, I found that as I heard from Him and was obedient, I ended up being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. Okay, And all of a sudden, the blessings of God started to pile up. And I'm like, this is pretty awesome. right?" <laughs> and, and I realized that it came from me being obedient to God. But me being obedient to God was simply a choice. But first, in order to be obedient to God... I had to hear from them. Have you ever wanted to hear from God? Right? It, is it important to hear from God? Yeah, because it leads you into a huge place, an awesome place. And it's not just awesome for you, it's awesome for the people around you. So if you w- have ever wanted to hear from God, or let's, let's do it, look at it this way. <clears throat> have you ever been trying to come out of a situation... And man, it just keeps dragging you back and keeps you know, pulling you back and pulling you back. Temptation and addiction and man, I just can't seem to come out of it. All right, Have you ever just tried to be holy? I just want to do better in my life. You know, there's a whole thinking out there um, that says that you have to be, I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit, but I want to take away some of these doctrines that will hold up people. There's a whole doctrine out there that says you've got to get completely holy and sanctified before God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And my question has always been this, because that's not in the Word. And, and, and it, here's the other part. As soon as you received Jesus, you became the righteousness of God in Christ. In His eyes, you're clean. You're clean. That's grace. Yeah, that's it. You're clean. Now, that doesn't mean that you won't mess up. I'm saying in his eyes, he doesn't see you as messed up anymore. And I stop messing up because I love him. He empowered me to not mess up because he loves me. I stop messing up because I love him. Yeah. All right? So, but what I do places me in one area or another in the flesh. My choices place me either in the flesh or in or in the Spirit. But here's the question. If I've got to get holy before I receive the Holy Spirit. How am I going to get holy and be empowered without the Holy Spirit? And There's no way I can. I've tried. It don't work. And all those people said, oh yeah, I got holy before that. <clears throat> Nonsense. So, no. You need the Holy Spirit and you need the fullness of Him. Now imagine this. And when you drink the Holy Spirit the first time, when you receive the Holy Spirit as a born-again Christian, you are alive and made righteous, and you are empowered to live righteous. He's broken the power of sin over you. But remember what we said, Jesus is kind of the key, and the Holy Spirit empowers you to walk through the door. Jesus said, you've got to get this Holy Spirit... You've got to be baptized because then you'll be empowered. It doesn't come first. I, I go and buy my own power first so that I can get the Holy Spirit. No, I've got to receive so that I can get empowered. In other words, I'm not going to have everything in life until Jesus goes away and I receive the fullness of rivers of living water. I don't just need my first drink. I need an overflowing baptism of filling in Him. Okay, imagine this, all right, I need to, we'll use one example the Holy Spirit gave me while I was driving here, I need to hear from God, and I've got, you know, a cup of living water inside of me because I'm born again, versus I'm filled and overflowing. Now look, which one is easier to hear? When the cup leans on the inside of me, and inside me I'm like, oh, is that, am I I feeling that? Or, I'm completely in the river of God, and the whole current is going that way, and I'm going, which way is the water going? And it's taking me that way. So which one is easier to hear from God? Just when I'm born again, or when I'm filled with rivers flowing through me? Which one's easier to hear? In order to be led by God, we are to be led by the Spirit. In order to be led by God, we got to jump in the river of the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit. This is God's way. Be being filled. All right? Now, empowered by God. Now, it says that the flesh and the Spirit always war against each other, right? So if I'm trying to step out of something, in other words... The Spirit and God is going that way, and the world is going this way, and I'm trying to go away from the world. If I've just got this inside of me, then it's like, uh, and the world's just trying to pull me, and it's life, and I'm okay. I'm going to do okay, but it's life, and it's pulling me. But what happens when, have you ever been in a current, in a river, Uh, You can just get in two feet. And it can be, you know, I mean, you don't have any choice. You're going downstream. Well, that's what the feeling of the Holy Spirit does. It puts you in the current of God. And the world can pull all it wants to. I'm flowing in the power of God. When I want to walk right with God, which is easier? When I just have a, a, a drink and a seal inside of me? Or when I'm in the river of God? When I'm in the river. This is what being filled with the Spirit does. Can you see why the devil fights this? Because he does not want you in the river of God. He does not want you. He will try to scare you out of it. He will try to doctrine you out of it. He'll try to religious you out of it. He'll try to do anything he can to keep you from Jesus and the Father disclosing everything to you. Disclosing all power, disclosing all love, disclosing everything. And he discloses it all through the Holy Spirit. He'll do anything to stop that process. So, how do we receive? He says here in Luke. Luke uh, chapter 11 and verse 5. It's really this simple. He says, um, and I could teach on this little passage here, but that will take more time. I just want to get to the bottom of it. Let's go to verse 9. He says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Okay? Um, A lot of people think that you're supposed to uh, what it says there is keep on asking keep on seeking keep on knocking and if you keep on doing that Jesus will you know finally open the door at some point when he gets that's not what it's talking about I can teach that in another thing he's saying actually the exact opposite uh, that when soon as you knock it's open as right. soon as you seek you'll find yep. so for everyone who asks receives everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds And to him who knocks, it will be opened. So he's about to tell them something to ask for. This is Jesus, red letters. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He will not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? No. Or if he asks for an egg, he will not give him a scorpion, will he? No. He said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And so to receive the Holy Spirit, it's simply getting in a place where it says, Lord, I ask you to fill me for the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing that we have going on today that I've found. There's so much teaching False teaching and doctrines against the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You got people that believe on the Holy Spirit when they're born again. But there's so much false teaching on the baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit. When they get to this point that they ask, it's not that God doesn't open and pour it out. He does it immediately. That's what his word just there says. But the problem is, in their head, they have got the clamps on it <laughs> because in their mind doctrine has told them this is not for today I might get a devil you know and and you know or whatever and that's a legitimate thing but here's what he's saying right there too that scorpion represents like demonic activity the snake it represents the devil and what he's saying is when you come and ask me for this what he's basically telling you I had the Holy Spirit share this with me years ago I when you ask for especially this particular thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit, God is saying this through Jesus, I will not let it be counterfeit. That's right. I will not let a counterfeit come in this place. Right. In other words, I'm opening up my heart as a child and asking you for one thing. He says, look, even good people or even evil people would not do that. How in the world would I allow that? I'm right. not going to allow that. So, in other words, all we got to do to receive the Holy Spirit is simply open up our heart and say, Lord, fill me. As a child, fill me. I don't just need the first sip of living water, I need rivers of living water flowing in me. I need to be. In the current of God. I need to hear from you. I need to be strengthened by you. I need to be taught of you. I need to be comforted by you. I need all that there is. I need for you to disclose yourself to me. And then once you're filled with the Holy Spirit. It says uh, over in the Ephesians. Let's just go there. Because we haven't put our eyes on Ephesians 5 Ephesians 5.18. <coughs> And it says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And that be right there is be being filled with the Spirit. Constantly do it. In other words, you may have gotten filled with the Spirit when you were a kid or a year ago, but that's not okay to stay that way. The whole purpose of, of it is to regenerate living waters constantly flowing out of the heart of God, out of the love of God, through the Holy Spirit, to you, into the lives of yourself and all the people that are around you. The whole point is for you to be giving it out as fast as it will come in. The whole point is to keep you healthy by overflowing out of your life and into the lives of others in every way. In other words, what you're doing is you're allowing the spiritual reality to overflow out of you. In other words, if you can imagine all of God's stuff that's in that spiritual reality versus the physical reality, that big, big tank, everything that God has, it's all coming through you in the Holy, through the Holy Spirit. And so when somebody comes up and they have a need, you shouldn't be thinking, well, I wish I could uh, help you out by praying. I'll pray for you. No, you should be thinking, praise God, let me release some of this. I've been getting kind of full-bloated anyway. Let me release some of what God's had in me. I've been just looking for somebody to dump heaven on. Right? That's the way we ought to be. And then it tells Timothy, uh, he told Timothy, uh, somebody look this verse up real quick where it says, stir up the gift. up the gift that is within you. 2 Timothy 1, 6. He says this, he says, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline, or a disciplined mind, or a sound mind. In other words, when you need the power of God, the love of God, you need to be strong in mind, see things clear, and be able to stand on the Word of God. He says, stir up the gift that is within you. Well, what gift is he talking about? He's talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so what he's saying is, well, how do you stir up the gift? Well, you just, when you receive the gift of the baptism, you automatically, there's several different, let me just say this, There's several different, this is not a teaching on tongues and praying in the Spirit, but there's several different types of tongues. But just let me boil them down into two main categories. Number one is a public gift, which is to be said in public, and it's for a sign. And then there's the gift that every believer that's filled with the Spirit has, and that's the personal private. A prayer language which gives you the ability to pray out the perfect will of God without your mind and logic and flesh getting involved. It prays straight around your flesh and your mind, straight from the heart of God. And so everybody has that ability as soon as they get filled with the Spirit. And then what they can do, they can just stir up the gift. Stir up those rivers of living water by sitting there and just praying. And why could I do that right now? Because... Because I just decided to. Because I wanted to stir up the gift right now. It's for me. It's my personal thing. Now, I said it out loud only as an example to you. Generally, if I say something out loud in tongues, I'm going to give you interpretation in this kind of setting. But when we're believers and you're just praying in your private prayer language, that's for me. I'm stirring up the strength of God The power of God. A lot of times when I go to pray for people or lay hands on people, I don't want to lay empty hands on them. I want to stir up those rivers of living water flowing out of me. Why? Because I want to dump heaven on them. Okay? So we stir up the gift. We stir up that gift. And we do it simply by praying in the Spirit. Allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us. Now, here's the question. After hearing all of that, who wants to be filled? <laughs> if you want to be filled, or who wants to be refilled? Amen. <laughs> Stand right there. Right there. <laughs> who wants to be refilled? Maybe you've been filled. Maybe you've never been filled. Maybe, maybe. but I need this. I need the baptism. I need to be filled. I need to be refilled. Whatever it is, I need the Holy Spirit flowing through me. And if that's you, come on up. Amen. Y'all just form some semblance of a line. And what happens when you ask God to fill you? He fills you. He gives it. What happens when you ask God for the Holy Spirit? He gives you the Holy Spirit. So what's going to happen when you ask Him right now? He's going to give it to you. Amen. He's going to fill you up. He'll give it to you any time. And if y'all want to be filled later on, and even if you got questions, you're like, alright, i still got questions. I've been taught some of that doctrine. And you got questions? Just see me. I'll answer them. I've never had anybody, never have I had anybody that has wanted to be filled with the Spirit that hasn't gotten it. Never. Never. I've had some resistance that we had to break down some of those clamps that the that the devil had on their mind. But after we got through that, everyone got filled. All right. Will you come up here for a second? Where's that mic? I'd like for you to tell quickly just your experience because I know that you were... Let me set this over here. I know that you were scared of being filled. Petrified. Yeah, and that was holding you back. But finally, you said All right, I see that this is the Lord and I'm not gonna withhold myself from the Lord anymore and you opened up and just share that real quick and then share uh, what your thoughts were afterwards
1: (laughs) so um, my experience I feel like I need to talk here but the cameras over there so Brian where do you want me that way hi Um, so my experience really was I was praying in English and I kept praying in English and I kept feeling like I wasn't getting all of it out. I felt like I wasn't being effective. I felt like um, I was not um, calling down all that I could from God and from heaven. And um, Stephen, where are you at? Over there. Stephen um, had been filled and he is an example of someone who was filled in the shower. No one laid hands, no one, right? He asked for it.
0: Congratulations. And he got
1: it. (laughs) And it was in the shower and it was powerful for him, if I remember his story. So here I was going, well, I want that too. So I sought out Brian and Nicole and Stephen and I were actually over at their house on a Sunday afternoon and we talked about it and I was really nervous. <laughs> and <She> was. <clears throat> I was really shaking <laughs> and um Brian actually stood over me, Brian and Nicole put their hands on me, Stephen put his hands on me, and they prayed in the spirit, and they prayed it in, and I felt it up to here. I felt it (laughs) stop right here. I felt like a big lump was in my throat, and I couldn't get it out, and I couldn't say a word. Um, And it took Brian saying, just say what's there, just let out a sound. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be a word in English that you understand. Just let it out. And the first word that came to me was Adonai. So I kept saying Adonai. And Brian said, keep saying it. Just keep saying that word. It'll come. It'll continue to come. So they continued to pray with me. And then my job was to really walk away and in my own time with the Lord, say to him, help me grow this. Help me do better. Right, and I thought about a small child who's just learning how to talk, right? They just make noises right. or sounds or short little words, right? We made fun we make fun of Luke, we laugh with Luke because he says, All done for Amen. Right? And the Lord is the same way with us. Yeah. Right? We say a word, we, we start to speak in our prayer language. He's like, Yeah, come on, baby. You yeah. can do it. Yeah. And that's the way it was with me. So it took me days I'd I drive back and forth to Concord every day and um, it took drives back and forth to Concord by myself praying in the spirit and saying okay I'm doing the same thing over and over again come on Lord I want it I want more give me more and it started coming I felt like my flesh had been peeled off and that I was a new glorified yes. being it was awesome yeah. Amen. it was awesome
0: what did you think about your hesitation once that happened, what did you think? And this is what everybody pretty much experiences.
1: That I needed to get my rear end out of the way. Yeah. I needed to get my flesh I mean, out of the way. I mean, your
0: hesitation to be filled, how, what did you think about it? Did you think it was silly? Yeah. And you, I know most people think this, they're, they're thinking, what in the world did I fight that for? <laughs> Why in the world did I fight the that? The
1: world would tell you that this is silly, that it's frivolous, yes. that it's meaningless, that you're just making up words. It's not yes. that at
0: all. The Lord wants you in the river and the devil wants you to, with everything he has, stay out of that. Right. Amen. Thank you. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Amen. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. Everybody that wants to be filled will be filled with the spirit. I have zero doubts about that. But what we're going to do, I'm going to give you a couple of guidelines for what you're going to experience. And you know, because I've I've done it individually multiple times, but with a group is a little bit different. So I want to tell you what you're going to experience, then we're going to pray, we're going to ask, and you're going to be filled. If there's anybody that has any of those clamps on stuff and it needs to be unlocked, I will work with each person until you are filled. All right, And so you're going to be. But right away, you'll start to have a different... Maybe the Holy Spirit's already moving simply by you sitting up there. And what here's what you'll find. okay? And I'll, I'll tell this to, to them too. What you'll start to do is you'll start to have Generally, when you ask for the Holy Spirit to be filled, is it a promise that God's going to do it? Yes, it is. So, as soon as you ask, and it may be right away, it may be a few minutes, but what you'll start to do is it says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. What says belly for a reason, because generally you'll start to feel a tingling and a sensation, almost like your stomach's turning over, and what is that? That's the power of God instantly being released into you. As that happens, most of the time, not everybody, they experience the power of God starting to rise up in them, and all of a sudden it feels like it's right here, and then their brain goes, don't say that, you're just making it up. Well, here's here's what you got to understand. you got two feeds to your brain. One is the flesh, and one is the spirit, and you are so used to hearing from the flesh and you think that's you that you forget that the spirit can feed it too and what you realize is that's not you making it up that's the Holy Spirit giving you those syllables and generally a syllable or two will, will come up in your mouth and at that point what you want to do is just like you stepped out in faith to receive Christ in other words when you believed and you said that Jesus is my Lord was he at that exact instant was he your Lord at that moment when you said it no. No. He came as soon as you said that. But when you said it, that was an act of faith that confessed Him as Lord before He was. And that stepping out and confessing Jesus as Lord and belief within your heart, that's what brought Him in to become your Lord. Same thing with being filled with the Spirit. When you step in and you step out on faith, faith without works is dead, and you start to speak, then you will have those, those uh, syllables roll off. Now... And this is, another, this is another point that a lot of people get hung up on. There's a bunch of doctrine out there that says that you're not filled with the Spirit if you're not speaking in tongues yet. I personally disagree with that because I've seen a whole lot of people completely change and be filled with the Spirit, but they have a, they have a mental block on just the tongues portion. But that doesn't mean that they're not filled. It just means that they're not actually speaking yet. But it is a good evidence that the filling has come. When I'm telling you I'm being filled tonight, not only will you be filled, but I will help you work through those blocks, okay? So that you can release that prayer language because that's something the devil does not want you to do, okay? So right now, I'm not even going to lay hands on you yet. I just want you to do what it said in Luke and just say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. So you just make it a part of your heart Just get in reception mode. If you can imagine yourself like a sponge and God is pouring out water from heaven and just let Him start to flow. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for filling with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Is anybody filling that generator inside you yet? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. And if you're not, you, it, you're not moved by feelings. And the question is whether you feel something or not, is God pouring it out right now? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for filling them with the Holy Spirit. Now, what will happen is as you continue to just, just become open to the Holy Spirit and say, just say this with me. Just say, Father, I ask you to be filled, to be baptized in your precious Holy Spirit right now. And thank you for your love. And just just praise him. Open your mouth and praise him. And what will probably happen is, to some of you, it will probably just start flowing. all of a sudden, you'll start having tongues flow. Now, here's what I want you to do. If all of a sudden you are completely filled and overflowing and tongues is coming out of your mouth, <laughs> I want you to raise your hand. If you don't have tongues flowing yet, put your, put your hand down. Amen. Amen. And if that's you and you're already filled with the Spirit, what you're doing is you are refilling. You're getting refilled right now. I'll, this is just what I like to do. I like putting my hands on my tummy. And that just kind of helps me. Lord, thank you. And just pray. Now, if you're already praying in the Spirit, raise your hand. And I want to go ahead and lay hands on you and release what's in me. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Now, (laughs) this is going to be fun. Amen. If you're praying, Amen. Release that, Lord, that gift in Jesus' name. Overflowing, filled and overflowing in Jesus' name. I'm going to put my hand on your hand. You're praying in the Spirit? All right. All right. And what I'm doing is I'm just releasing the overflow out of me. You're praying in the Spirit. Amen. Are you praying in the Spirit, Rebecca? Not quite? You're close. Yeah, you can feel it. You're praying prof e ma so repetist codono bono dofia tene dei l'ottonara monde e bestono fa cadni l'ostande e etecamo romano who else is praying in the spirit that amo so in other words you're praying in a heavenly language It's not english that's what i'm asking ma yonko te bi do cosotroteni ban solo la cruduria tene ma lusta cara bat scudi che ban solo kurbo you said you are praying. So and see, in each one of these, you are either already were filled or you're being filled without anybody putting anything on you. If I hadn't prayed over you yet and you're praying in the spirit, keep your hand raised. Dynamo. Anybody else? Okay. Alright. Now, everybody that I just prayed for that is already praying in the Spirit, I want you to go. If you're a man, go to a man. And if you're a lady, go to a lady. And I want you just to pray in the Spirit over that person as they're continuing to receive. Now, before we do that, before you go, here, here's what I want you to do. If If you are... Not praying in the Spirit yet, but you're feeling God zapping electricity and in you. Will you raise your hand? You're already feeling God. All right? You're feeling the power of God. Amen. All right. That's God moving on you. Okay. Now, those people that I prayed for, uh, if you're a lady, get with a lady and just pray in the Spirit with them. And Lord, we just thank you for that release. And I could go on, and we could go on. We're going to go ahead and let anybody that needs to go, go. But we're going to make sure that everybody that's here is filled and is able to pray in that way. And we thank you for it, Father. today. And you're welcome to continue watching or see you, whatever you want to do. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Father. Now here's what will happen. As you generally will have like one syllable that will come up, you'll feel it if you're already feeling the power of God. That's the feeling. That's the infilling. That's the baptism, what you're feeling. But if you have that one syllable that comes up, you just be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Step out and...